you said it still ties into business. Well, it does have the business. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you like, said but it. Like, but like, 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 no, no, no. But, but, but yeah. funny enough, though, like, to, to, to put that point to an end, what I'm referencing is founders act just like that. Yeah. If you were a pretty boy founder that always got clipped anything that was walking, they were always bad, you mm-hmm. always got pedestals, you were the athlete, <clears throat> you don't have the grit it takes often, most often, to develop a self-discipline at the new level that, that running a company requires. Mm-hmm. Like, can you be in a room with a bad DC and not try to crack? Right. Can you be on your best yeah. behavior at the bar knowing you're in a, in a small market like San Francisco, like in a really small city where anywhere you go, you're running into other founders, uh, your level, lower and higher, mm-hmm. VCs, yours, or others that know them. Mm-hmm. And like moving in these small communities that like you really have to just be aware and like that awareness tends to fall away when the attraction is the thing that feeds you. Right, and so like growth mindset, I think is really mm-hmm. a pump pick for a lot of people. Yeah. It's really fed by just the attention. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> hey! We, we started uh, the other one, the other one. We started already, so. Um, We're here. We're here, yeah. We're here. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, part two to the part two to the part three to the part four, because there's so much we're going to cover. Um, What's part three going to be? Uh, we figure it out. Okay. You know, okay. Just the fact that you're here. Uh huh. I know our conversation Tough schedule. is always uh, stimulating, so I know we'll figure something out. Okay. But I do want to touch in, uh, before we even start, right? Sure. So I want to get some kind of backstory because the first one, we just started. Right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we gave you the congratulations for raising $100 million and to get married at the Boom. same time, you know. Um, and then we talked about the founders and things like that. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Forrest for getting you on there. That was, mm-hmm. that was huge. So, but let's give some, let's get the origin to... Risen and the company that you started. And, okay. Uh, so that way we can tie in why okay. it makes you an authority in this space. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, look, I think first and foremost, officiate, happy to be back. Let's just oh, keep that clear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode, it, of course, it, of course. Uh, third time's the charm, right? Um, theme of my wedding. I think first and foremost, I'm in a, I consider myself not an export, even authority, more of an aficionado. I think aficionados are people, yeah, I think aficionados are people that effectively can speak to something with authority, maybe not at an expert level from a um, credentialed standpoint, but I think paper credentials don't also equate purely to the experience. That's more academic. And so if someone's failed five, six times to raise capital or uh, (laughs) just hit their head against the wall and finally got it right, their story is worth more to you from a learning perspective mm-hmm. to hear about their L's and their W, right? The one W at the end is nowhere close to important right. as the process to get there. And so I think aficionados really should be celebrated because their knowledge base in the market is not valued, mm-hmm. but in all actuality they are, right? And so like I think for me, knowing that my experience and my time in startups has been super productive to get to where I am. I also know it's not gonna get me where I'm going. Right? It got me here, here's a good plateau, the next level requires more. And I and as I constantly am seeking for more knowledge and insight and guidance, 
I also look at aficionados. I don't actually, I don't, I don't go to people who are, you know, Harvard MBAs by title mm-hmm. and extensive resumes around where they worked and who they worked for. Mm-hmm. I like talking to operators, operators who have been there, done that, got a t-shirt, failed or were successful, but been there, done that. Those storylines help me avoid way more pitfalls than someone telling me how to do it that's never done it before. So um, just to give the folks validation as to where I'm coming from as I speak, it's only to Stanley's point based on what I've done. So what I've done is uh, I'm a three-time founder. Um, I don't have any exits yet. I'm sure somewhere to come. I am also a lifelong entrepreneur. So at 35, I can all but guarantee at the, stace, at the status I'm at and the space I'm in today, I know I will be building enterprise businesses in perpetuity. It's what I love to do. Like if, if there were to be clearly a definition of my passion, it is to create enterprise businesses that provide not just value to consumers, but give them agency and power back that they used to have. So company number one was um, a business model that was supposed to expedite small balance loans. So if you wanted to buy a three family house in Queens and Hollis, that house purchase price was 2 million bucks. The bank would take the same amount of time to give you a $2 million loan as a 20. And for the small investor that really killed deals and time kills deals. So the first company, yourdoclose.com, was supposed to expedite that. The second one became Resi, which is which is expediting the leasing process, making it possible to rent an apartment in five minutes or less, all from your phone for free. The entire thesis there is to democratize housing, mm-hmm. make housing fast, easy, and free. So basically, there's no middleman. There's zero. There's no middleman. There's no bro- broker. There's no property manager. There's no fees. There's no hard credit check. All the arduous paper-driven processes, all the friction that used to exist, and obviously the bias, uh, is no longer there because it's all technology. And so, you know, you really just draw a line in the sand to uh, build access. And I also um, am a founder of an advisory firm called Stratum Growth, which is entirely predicated on supporting early stage and first-time founders becoming holistically better leaders at the individual level. So instead of being a consultant that does paid work for certain assignments, what's more important at an early stage or for first-time founders is for me to help you think better about your processes or your approach or your troubleshooting. I think the thing that kills most early-stage founders that I've learned, not just through three companies, but through almost 10 years in entrepreneurship and 10 years as being a founder, um, uh, this is year nine coming up in 2023, so year 10 is 2024. But in almost a decade, I've just found that the mentality is everything. At the earliest stage, it's all mental. Like if there's one crisp narrative I can give the, the listeners at the beginning of this conversation is to recognize it's not the decisions you make, it's how you think about them. Mm-hmm. It's not the path you take, it's the why behind it. Right. And the reaction. And the reaction, right? I think everything is... How you react to the emotion behind it. It's highly predicated on you. Mm-hmm. So if you have unhealed, unpacked trauma, it's going to be exposed as a founder. If you have not gone to therapy your way of handling things probably will not be uh, conducive to success, and that's gonna be exposed as a founder. All the things you've kept in the closet, all the bones, all the secrets, they all get exposed when you run your own business because you become a team of one at the beginning. You have to then build continuity and team around you after that. You have to create buy-in and a culture, and if you've never done that successfully for someone else or for yourself individually, you won't be able to do that for a company at scale. And so I think the market no longer sells the hype it used to around being an early stage founder, first time founder. I think the market is also, which I love, pushed more people to be portfolio professionals, have multiple full-time jobs, 
not just a side hustle, but have multiple income streams, super important um, because it leads up to you being a founder that is full of grit and creative. And we always bring him up because he's our good friend and he's the reason why I know Stanley. Uh, but Alameen from Pavement is a phenomenal example. You take this kid from Queens who never was given anything so he can figure out a way to go get it. That permeates into his business. Two years ago, he was selling you know, soap from a distribution hub at a, in Long Island City overseas. He was pretty much flipping Dove products. Like he was flipping American products over in other countries. Shout out to whatever countries he was, he was selling in. <laughs> but you know, now, within two years, I literally was on the phone with him this morning on my way into the city, and we were doing the math, and he was like, I made $21,000 this week. I said, great, that's a million-dollar ARR. Right? That's a million-dollar annual run rate. If you make 21 grand a week, because a million dollars divided by 12 months is 83 grand a month. Mm-hmm. 21K a week is 84 grand a month. So as soon as you hit $21,000 a week and whatever you're doing on an annual basis as, a, as an investor, you're going to look at as a million dollar company right. in terms of annual run rate. So I say all that to say the background I have is really, it's really supported me from the position of not just giving guidance but giving like actionable steps for the internal development. Mm-hmm. Everyone and everything talks to you about the external software tools to be more efficient and productive, ways to recruit better to get top talent, mm-hmm. but no one ever tells you how to invest in yourself. And that's no. really what Stratum Growth is. And, and I think investing in yourself is probably the number one thing. It's critical. Yeah, because even if you, you are the company, you are the company and you are the product. Right? Yeah, you're so the product. Before you can actually turn a, a client or, a, or turn a customer into your product, you have to know yourself and what it is that you're trying to sell. So yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's and, and the validation comes from after you create something yeah. and it becomes, even if it's like semi-successful yeah. in the begin, in the early stages, the validation comes from that you actually saw that through yeah. and oh, you yeah. develop yourself along the way. The grit. Yeah. So there's a grit. And I remember you said one time, like sometimes you in the trenches and you Can't in the trenches the for so long at some time you have to lose the mentality you have to level up and you have to get yourself out of there but you how do you free. level up by developing your, yourself as a and, leader and let me be honest with you founder. that that internal self-work is the hardest oh part it's this part man of doing this. it's insane yeah, yeah. to be successful yeah. requires your company to run well for your company to run well it must be ran and led by someone who's well to be well, to be whole, to be healed, mm-hmm. that self-work is what most of us have spent our lives running from. Right. Often, a lot of people start companies to even go further in hiding from that. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get going and it starts to work, it all spills out on the table. So, yeah, it, the, the cost of leveling up is actually more expensive than most people think because it's not just a sacrifice of time and cutting off friends and getting a routine and change lifestyle and build discipline. It actually is about going inward and dealing with existing issues that are untouched, unhealed, Mm -hmm. that stem from childhood, Mm -hmm. that showcase as adults all the time. Mm -hmm. And that work is long. It's a process. It's a a continuous process. process. It has a cost to it. You have to physically go pay for therapy and tools Mm -hmm. to help Mm -hmm. read books. And it also is one in which you are definitely by yourself on that path. Oh, yeah. Right? Like 100%. I think the best Instagram video about healing and all that spiritual stuff that I follow and post all the time was you know you're really healed when you can go home for the holidays. No matter what anyone says to you from your family, you're unmoved. Yeah. And we all know that it's the family 
that actually yeah. could dig deepest because yeah. those are the ones that have known you since, Cl- since close friends and family. Close friends and family. Yeah. Um, and as a founder, I think you know the company's success will eventually become the family, mm-hmm. and things will start to permeate through your success yeah. to expose yeah. you, mm-hmm. just like family tries to, right? Naturally, yeah. yeah. Uh, because family, I think, is not adapt to change. Yeah. The, I like that. Yeah, change. they're not adapt to change, but no. I, and sometimes it's it could be intentionally, and sometimes it's unintentional. I think it's subconscious, right? Right? It's subconsciously, subconsciously. and then it's also the fact that, and I, I, I read this somewhere that a lot of times it's because they see the growth in you and they're afraid. Yeah, that they might be yeah. get left behind. Fear is so right? not discussed at depth. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that, uh, and for me, for my personal experience, sure. that happened recently. I, I, I was with a, a, a family member, mm-hmm. right? I haven't seen in years, but they always were um, some sort of sarcasm or undertone, uh, some negative connotation or some something, yeah, yeah, right? Jay Z's uncle saying, "You'll yeah, never yeah, sell a million records." Right, right. It's my favorite, and, famous, favorite story. Oh, absolutely! And this was the first time I didn't have no reaction. Like literally, normally I would have some kind of reaction of like, you know, literally no reaction. Why in fact, in fact, I counter by saying something positive about me to that counter yeah. what I without, really about myself without is. being negative mm. towards him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like yeah, love. Yeah. Love. Leverage right. Love. Talk like, about yo, this in the beginning. Yeah, leverage love. Love is love. Yeah. And so when you realize that you have the ability and you have the. Uh, opportunity as well to change the dynamics of yeah. the conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. When you see them going this way, shift it. you shift it by showing more love, and then they have nothing else. To My say. man Alex Santana actually, and shout out to him because he's somebody that kind of fits the mold I described earlier, right? A Harvard Business School, Rutgers undergrad. Shout out to Jersey, uh, a Jersey native, Rutgers undergrad, Harvard Business School, and then you know worked at Google and institutional tech. But I swear he would always say love is love, and I don't think until this stage of my mm-hmm. life, post-marriage, I really understood what love is love. Mm-hmm. And I think my takeaway from from Santana, shout out to Alex, is that is love is the thing that is strongest mm-hmm. in any scenario, agnostic to what it is, right? right? right, right. You could have a term sheet pulled from you, yeah. an investor could pull out, someone could try to take your company, your number one salesperson quits, everything's crumbling, the right. market sucks, right? right the pandemic right, comes. Right. If you can be intentional without recognizing without allowing the feeling in the moment to drive. But if you can be intentional and conscious above the feeling and simply speak to yourself and speak outwardly about love, you can shift every every paradigm. That's crazy. And he's love from where, love. Jersey? Yo, Alex Santana's That's, that's amazing. He always used to say love is love, and I get it now. Let, let me tell you, that was a Brooklyn slogan. Love is love. Love is love, and, yeah. And he's got it, an old soul. To, to follow up to it, it used to be like, uh, love is the Brooklyn way. I used to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, that, was, that was how quote-unquote trademark yeah yeah go. brooklyn there you go so yeah spread love is a brooklyn way so spread love is a brooklyn yeah, yeah, way yeah, yeah. yeah. so but i'm glad we we touched on that because mm-hmm. i think that developing yourself is the most critical thing when you're starting especially because you're gonna go through these um uncertainties yeah. and it's like a roller coaster <clears throat> of emotions Guaranteed. and until you heal yeah you won't know what it feels like to have turmoil going and you still stoic and, and, we and can you're talk, like yeah. okay I'm, I'm still gonna get through this the easiest thing to compare to your statement is the last episode where in the last episode i think we spoke deeply around like capital raising and the and, and the tears of who invested at what stage mm-hmm. right 
you know, early stage people that just kind of high net worth hit you with your first 5,000, formal angels that can write checks up to six figures, 100 grand. Then you got your pre-seed people, like fundamentally full-time VCs that allocate capital from other people's money that can write you a million dollar check, et cetera. The thing about being a founder is the more unhealed you are and the more successful you are, the faster you get exposed. Mm -hmm. Right, failure mm -hmm. actually allows you to kind of stay in your in, in your zone and not really change right, 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 right. as a founder, especially right, first time right. founders. But it creates that authenticity because you you find shield. ways to become authentic because now you're yeah. shedding some of that. Well, well, the market will force it. It will force right? it. As so, well. like the okay. point I'm trying to make is VCs eventually see that. Like I have a ton of VC friends that say, "Hey, Keenan, I appreciate the introduction to that person, but uh, they have a little bit too much dip on their chip." Mm. Too much dip on your chip means you have an edge based on where you're from, your upbringing, yada, yada, that allows you to kind of just go after it. However, to your point about the whole, I'm in the trenches too long, that mentality doesn't scale. It helps you start, but it doesn't help you grow. Mm. And as soon as you try to grow and talk to people who invest in growth, mm -hmm. growth investors literally need you to be growing. And often they say no, because at the earliest stage of success, it's still the founder they take the bet on, not the business. Because the mm -hmm. business is probably going to change two or three times before it hits real success. Right. And every venture capitalist knows this. Every investor knows this, that I'm not betting on the horse. I'm betting on the jockey. Right, right. Right? And so, or I'm betting on the jockey, not the horse. Yeah. There we go. Um, the horse being the business, the mm -hmm. jockey being the human. No, yeah. The human is who they bet on. And unhealed humans that are first-time founders categorically get exposed at either the first time they try to raise money because they can't take no and it eats at them, mm -hmm. right? I know one of my VC friends was like, look, dude, I don't give answers after I say no. Mm -hmm. Because the minute I give context, I get that five, six paragraph mm -hmm. email mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. talks about why I'm wrong, mm -hmm. which probably may be right, mm -hmm. but it just starts a conversation that goes nowhere. That goes nowhere. It's, it's not accretive, right? And so that happens, or you get exposed when you have your first dip, mm -hmm. right? The market mm -hmm. happens, mm -hmm. the bad employee happens, lost revenue happens, theft happens, who knows? Mm -hmm. Or the third one is something in your personal life grows awry and it right. obviously comes out in the biz. Right. Right. The girlfriend, the boyfriend, the breakup, the family, the mom. Right. And the hard part about people that come out with the trenches mentality. Right. I think Alamine's a good version of this. Again, I always use him as, a, as an easy um, example because he, he permits us to talk mm -hmm. about him in detail. But, you know, Alamine comes from an incredibly strict family as a first generation Nigerian. Um, and the faith right the muslim faith is very clean clear mm -hmm. it, it, not a lot of variation i think the beauty of alamine's maturity level is he can simply move with the same rigidity and routine as bowing your head five times mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and praying inshallah mm -hmm. every day you develop principles and you develop principles that carry on to your business mm -hmm. so i've seen and discipline and discipline so i've seen alamine carry the same principles and discipline from childhood and life into mm -hmm. his company it speaks mm -hmm. a lot to his success how does the kid go from flipping dove soap bottles overseas to having a million dollar annual mm -hmm. run rate in, mm -hmm. in two years mm -hmm. literally less than two years mm -hmm. right that is my conversations with him over the last two years i've seen the way he's seen something happen mm -hmm. makes the assessment decides cool i can double down mm -hmm. on that and just keep going mm -hmm. he doesn't fight back the thing that needs that requires change he doesn't mm -hmm. fight back the thing he remove all the he, he just removes it right yeah. because also in in his faith Right, Allah first, yeah. first and only. Mm -hmm. Right, like there, mm -hmm. like you don't, mm -hmm. you can't serve multiple no, masters, no, no, right? No, no. Yeah. And so I think the trenches mentality, per the example I was trying to go to, is Al was able to drop it quickly when he realized it didn't serve him. 
Right. For most people who've had that for so long, mm-hmm. that helps them get their start. That's also all they know. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't yeah, when it doesn't yeah, serve them anymore. Yeah. They can't let it go. But that's also an indication to Al's willingness to grow. Right. He and the trench and the trench mentality yeah, yeah. isn't about that. It's not it's about, about survival. That. It's about survival. Yeah. And he figured out yeah. a way to ease his his mindset when it comes to survival. Yeah. And then find an opportunity to find some kind of growth in between. Yeah. Uh, but to circle back to what you said earlier, the reason why I was smiling so much, shout out to Dominique, attorney. Um, he, he, him and I were on a call okay. about, because of investment, we know, anyway, we were pitched, yep, yep. we were in a pitch competition together. and Pitching the, or you judging? No, we're judging. Okay. So we were judging... Uh, uh, companies, whatever they were pitching their ideas, right? Yeah. And uh, eventually, we found ourselves on a, another pitch call, and we were discussing back and forth about you know um, the company being a great startup idea. Yeah, it can become successful, right? Right. So I brought a whale on to the conversation, right? Okay. I introduced the whale, and I said, "Hey, listen." The, I, I need you part of this call because we both agreed, Dominique and myself both agreed that this is a great idea and it could become successful. Yeah. But what we failed to do, well, what I failed to do, Dominique was very um, reluctant to give too much details about the, the founder himself, right? Sure. Um, but he went along because he, he believed in the idea just like I believed in the idea. So we had the founder on the call and the founder was given... Uh, explaining the whole idea, the concept behind the, and the, giving us the thesis, and all of a sudden he he became emotional, like mm-hmm. all over it. the place, right? And this episode is about so, founder healing and founder no, the, growth. <laughs> let's, let's keep so going. So he, so the um, after we were done, the well decided to ask him some personal questions on himself, like why did you get into this business? He said to raise money. Mm. You know, I want I want to make X amount of money. So the well turned around later on after the call was over. Him and I were on the call. First, Dominique and I were on the call, Mm -hmm. right, discussing what happened. And Dominique's like, you know what? This is a great idea, but I think that he's the wrong person to lead this company. Yep, you better be a jockey, not the horse. Yeah, so he's he's not there. So now I get on the call with the well, and we're going back and forth. He said, well, I didn't really like his response. And I said, what was his response? He said, because... When I asked him what was his reason, his why behind doing this company, he said it's because I want to make X amount of money, right? And he said, okay, if you make that X amount of money, are you going to exit the company? What then, right? If you reach that mark, what is the purpose after that? Do you leave everybody hanging that invested into the company? Like, what's the, your end goal? And if your end goal is simply to make money, what happens when you don't hit that mark? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you gonna leave, or what are you gonna yeah, do? Real quick, right? Up. And then, but his response to the questions were like, it was, it was more like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, give me the money. I know what I'm doing. But, type but of that's thing. also due to historically him really never being challenged, and when he was ever challenged, he was able to just brute force get past it. Not Which, intellectually get. past And you're 100 percent right. But here's here's the other thing where you're so right about. Is because after when I got off the call with both Dominique and I got off the call with the whale, um, it was my responsibility to explain to them why we're not going to invest. 
Which and when I said, and, and, and this is my error. Hopefully I should have called and explained. It said, you know what? You're not going to invest. It said, I sent an email because I was in the middle of something and they wanted a response by a certain time. I sent an email and I said, hey, um, when I, uh, listen, we're, we're happy with, with the progress that you made. We do like the concept behind it. Um, but unfortunately, at this time, we're not going to move forward on it. Right. And out of respect, because I, I knew the founder, I should have called them up and said, hey, listen, we're not going to do that. But that was my error. I, I, sure. I, I own that. Right. Yeah. But then it did open the conversation to why. Mm-hmm. And then when I explained it. why it went into Deeper. more details. Of course, so the does. fact that you said that is 100 percent correct. Yeah. Right. So. Knowing mm-hmm. that you have to control your emotions mm-hmm. and you have to control yourself, the healing process, like yeah. you, you said earlier, right? Yeah. It's very key yeah. to to actually taking your company to the next level. Yeah, because it has to be a focal point. If you can't admit that that's a gap, mm-hmm. that you have issues that are untreated, you have you know healing that affects the way you think. So, for instance, I, I, I ran an offsite um, last weekend in L.A., and the group is a group of 10 founders, including myself. So I hosted it for effectively the nine founders. Seven out of nine showed up. Um, and shout out again, Alameen's part of that, that group, that consortium of founders. So of the seven that showed up for the weekend, and this is part of Stratum Growth is what I do, you know, for friend groups, for consortiums, uh, for companies, I run these series of offsites, and they're all about internal emotional healing trauma unpacking Mm -hmm. and vulnerability so you put these seven brothers in a room including myself so eight brothers in a room talking about triggers talking about what from your childhood do you know that you can define Mm -hmm. today as trauma Mm -hmm. most of us can't define all the trauma because most of us never been assessed right we've packed it down right so the, the one of the best exercises i did the entire weekend with with this group was Talk to me about trauma that you can articulate and, mm-hmm. and define and call out where your self-awareness exists. And then correlate that today to how that blocks you as a blocker in business. And everyone had to participate. So you couldn't you couldn't say, I don't know. And everyone can speak to at least one piece of pain in their past that they know pops out at different times and spaces relative to how it's triggered and how it showcases show ups in their business. The most beautiful thing about that though was when you saw certain brothers go first and certain brothers listen. It helped the ones that listen, who had a little bit less self-awareness around that topic of trauma, dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. By the time I got to like the last guy, you know, he was very honest around like, hey, this is the first time I've ever had this kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Then he also says, this is also the first time I've ever really tried to connect previous pain to current issues at work. Right. Right. So I said, great. The best point you just made is you accept, you admit that you've accepted living in this duality, mm-hmm. this this two worlds where like you're mm-hmm. like the the interpersonal real human and then like the founder. The hardest part about early stage and first time founders is they actually think that duality is a superpower or how it's supposed to go. They actually don't understand the true power of authenticity mm-hmm. because most times as an early stage or first time founder, it's the first time you ever really had to be authentic. If you've right. been historically a corporate employee mm-hmm. your whole career and you're like, all right, late 20s, early 30s, I'm just shooting my shot. You got almost a decade of the robotic nature of assimilation. Mm-hmm. So when you go independent after assimilating for a decade, mm-hmm. that takes work to unpack oh, and unprogram, yeah, deprogram yeah, the yeah, mind and yeah. reprogram it into something new. Yeah. And most people try to just make that jump because they're like, I got the skill set, I got yeah, the expertise. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about skill sets and expertise is 
I can take three to six months and study just books about whatever area you're in and arguably with enough deep work and study, I can be more surgical as or more surgical than you in that field agnostic time of years of experience you have. Mm -hmm. Because fundamentally knowledge trumps experience because experience is about at the most toned down, dumbed down way. Experience is about the consistent, repeated processes mm -hmm. to do a thing. Right, right, right. If you've consistently had processes that you've perfected to do a thing, mm -hmm. to do something new or mm -hmm. even the same thing, mm -hmm. probably is a lift. Right, right. Because you're going to approach it the same way. You're going to react to it the same way. And you're going to expect things to roll the same way. As soon as you get a kink of change, mm -hmm. you fucking fall apart. And for most early stage founders, to your point, like your man on the phone, he fell apart and got emotional because at the end of the day, he doesn't put himself naturally in spaces where he's challenged or questioned. Mm. He doesn't put himself naturally in spaces where he takes critique or has ever learned how to take critique well or has ever really just said, this critique is nothing but feedback, not about me, but the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to separate myself from the thing and really a a analyze the thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Most people take critiques as self-deprecation, yeah. right? And they personalize it because mm -hmm. all they've ever known is I am represented by whatever I have. Yeah. Not the internal, the external. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I have a company, mm -hmm. I've poured all my all into it. This they, is representative of me. It's my identity. They associate themselves and with so that as identity. Soon as, you, yeah. as soon as you start chopping in that identity, mm -hmm. they're crushed. Yeah. And I think a skill set mm -hmm. of healing, especially for early stage founders, is learn that your authentic full self is not represented by the company. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, high likelihood is going to fail. Yeah. And if you're really yeah. sticking with it, high likelihood the next two or three will fail. Mm -hmm. However, you sticking with it will get you your shot at the success. The success is nothing more than a habitual pattern of iteration. Right. Right. Iteration mm -hmm. is hard when you don't change internally. Mm -hmm. How are you going to change on a business? Mm -hmm. You still you still react to you still react to a no the same way you did as when you were 12, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. You still react to disrespect the same mm -hmm. way you do when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. You still react to someone playing you or lying to you the same way. Like you've never matured emotionally. How the hell are you going to mature in a business yeah, yeah. that has to very, very, very variate? Well, it has to vary. It has to adapt. Mm -hmm. It has to be shaped and mold with regularity, right? There's always a smoothing process of the mm -hmm. lumps. Mm -hmm. And it's various lumps that pop up. But if you're in your late 20s, 30s, all in, put your savings in, there's a lot of ways you break down. And this is the chip on the dip, right? VCs mm -hmm. can see these chinks in your armor mm -hmm. when like certain things you just had these awkwardly high sensitivities to mm -hmm. where socially a really mature person wouldn't. Right. Socially, a successful founder wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Now, most people aren't going to get it right the first time because they're a first-time founder or they're early stage. But the things that most early-stage investors look for are the things that they know will be repeated, repeatedly used with to eventual success, like being non-emotional about critiques, being very self-aware, being able to take a room full of no's, a bunch of criticism, and all of it mostly be wrong, but instead of telling them why they're wrong, you look at yourself and say, damn, why didn't I explain it better? How could I have explained it better? Right? That's a huge shift from when mm -hmm. you're always playing defense mm -hmm. to playing offense. Yeah, but now you're assessing yourself. Well, that's what it, that's yeah, a whole that's game. A whole, yeah, that's a whole process and in what, itself. Yeah. And that's what prevents you from assess, assessing yourself accurately or consistently. Mm -hmm. A lack of self-love. Oh, if you do not oh, have oh, self-love... Oh, oh, oh. Love that is literally is the so answer. True. Yeah, like, like, so like, can like, I interject for a second? Please. Yeah. So take this B piece. Yeah, like, love this is, is the answer. This this is why it's so important. So 
uh, I was talking to a, f- a friend of mine, Shane, and we were talking about, I was saying how certain circles yeah. have this circulation where the money circulates, right? Yes, as it should. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. and that that's when you know you have a successful circle. Of course. Where, you know, this person is bringing you this money, bringing you opportunity, money, whatever it is, right? And then it, that funnels to the next person, to the next person, and then it circles back if to you, If right? your click is rich, your click it's, is rugged, so one falls, we'll all be each, each other's, other's crushes. crushes. So now we're, we're having this, we're having this uh, discussion, and then he said, you know, the problem is what well, the reason why we don't have circulation is within our community is because no one trusts each other because somebody's always thinking, uh, you know, a person is trying to rob them, trying to snake them, trying to do this. And I turned around and said, how about it could be from your perception mm-hmm. because you've been shady. Yeah. So you're or, viewing somebody or, else's or being you've been shady. In, you, or you've been in the trenches, and that's or, all you've seen. And that's the mindset, right? That's but it's see. also, maybe you need to resolve whatever it, whether it's abandonment or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Real for issues. you to, 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 to think to, different. To look at things different, yeah, look man. at people differently. But you know what? You can't even solve that and, until you love yourself. And that's what I was going to. Because yeah. once you start to accept that maybe the issue is me, yeah. maybe I have lack of love, right? That's giving off this vibe to the next person, similar to you know Jay Z's uncle saying projecting never, his hate, projecting his, his self hate, his self doubt, his his losses. He's mm. projecting that out. That's why sometimes we can't fault the next person, or we can't uh, we can't look at the you know not to say that they. I don't want to say we, we we should discredit people because sometimes you have to evaluate a person honestly, yeah. right? So sometimes... Where they are today. Yeah. They, they so honestly, the they might be scumbags, yeah. right? And you have to assess the base of honesty. But it doesn't mean that they can't change, right? It doesn't mean that they can't evolve. But at the same time, what lens are we looking at? Well, the, if are we looking at from the self, lack of self-love lens? There you go. Then, of course, you're going to see everybody that way. What does discernment have? Like, what do you need to have discernment? To have discernment, right. which is an ability to see things for how they are, mm-hmm. how they could play out, right? You know, you know, hear what the person's saying, but really like look past the words and like assess the person. So to have discernment means you're not good at doubting everything and digging in everything. What it means is you are very comfortable going off the the feel, right? The energy in the space, how the intuition, person, right? The intuition, but also just the way that that time period of that engagement. If it's a phone, in person, Zoom video, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can feel the way that engagement went, right? And right. you can feel what that person was giving off. And I right. think, obviously, in person, you feel you feel it most. But in feeling it, mm-hmm. you can have discernment to kind of make a judge, judgment call. Right, right. The problem is most of us make judgment calls to your point from hurt places and hurt spaces. So if you grew up in a household like one of the brothers that was at at the offsite, he said, you know, growing up, you know, my mom doesn't do this now, and I think I think he's like 33, 34. Um, but he runs this incredible um, recruitment platform, diverse recruitment platform. He's having a baby, about to get married this year. He's got a, bit, a lot of big things coming up. But his position was like, hey, I know I, it's hard for me to take criticism because growing up, my mom, as a first generation, I was the one I was supposed to make it and, and you know do everything that the, the elders told us to do. My mom never had one thing positive to say. My mom did nothing but critique and like speak negatively to me. He was like his whole childhood. Mm-hmm. He couldn't remember from his childhood one time when mom was uber positive on some I love you tip, right? No award was really gardener with a bunch of hugs and it was kind of just expectation, right? No accomplishment was like, 
you know, he never came home to the balloons or the surprise party, right? It was just like habitual, let me just raise you so you can be successful to give back to me, right? He said his mom isn't like that now, but I'm sure she had to go through her own healing journey. And he admitted that even though his mom's no longer, no longer like that, he recognizes his mom was like that because of her childhood trauma. Mm. And he's gone through a lot of therapy and self-work and self-development. Um, his end conclusion was all great and good. And I still have 10 plus years of critiques as like my, my starting place. So when he hears ideas, oftentimes he always goes to the negative why it won't work before he goes to the positive why it will work. And we kind of called that out this weekend or this last weekend in, um, in Santa Monica. And, you know, the beautiful thing about him was he was like, yeah, no. I'm like, that's 100% what I'm working on. Now, granted, he's, he's already a revenue producing business. He's already profitable. He's not raising money. So it was beautiful to know that like it didn't take a VC telling him you have too much dip on your chip. He was able to say like, look, I run a business that makes over a million dollars a year. And it's a small team, and we're trying to scale this, and I really want to scale this, and I don't need to raise money because it's profitable. But I know if I don't raise money, I am taking myself away from the handicap most early-stage founders handicap themselves with, mm. which is I'm not going to do a lot of self-development because I have a lot of cash. A lot of cash, I could buy an HR person. I could buy a top talent. Mm. right? I could get a nice office. I could create culture. Even though I'm yeah. not a cultural person, mm. I, I, can, I can hack. The thing about you know my buddy in question was, his honest response was like, look, I'm not going to have the things that allow me to cover this up. I'm just going to do the work. And he went first. And when he went first and he was able to connect the dots of my mom never told me positive things to as an adult running a multi-minute business, I don't take critiques well. Everyone in the room was just touched. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. let me really take it. Like yeah, then, yeah, then cats yeah. really started to be yeah. like, ah, let me let me see mm -hmm. what's going on in my background. That, that's actually a blocker. And the board was full. Yeah. But he's also being, he's showing compassion to himself. 100%. Yeah. Right? It, to do the work starts with, I am well, all is well. Yeah. It's not negative self-talk. No. It's loving the inner child. Right. It's, saying to the, it's saying to the little you that you could define, right? You wow. know that 12-year-old yeah. you? You know that 10-year-old yeah. you? You yeah. know that you that got that yeah. really bad ass weapon yeah. that was way more abusive yeah. than like a beaten? Yeah. You know that you that got hurt by the first girl that you kissed? Yeah. You know you that got played yeah. by the homie that but stole your you, PlayStation you, games? You know what's crazy with that? You know all those when views. You, you, when you start doing the work and you start to reflect back and you've seen all this, right? Mm -hmm. I remember seeing all this, right, while doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to myself, like, man, you were hurt. Hurt. Big hurt. Like, you were hurt. Broken hurt. Yeah, and I actually felt sad for me. As you should. Yeah, I was right? like, now oh you, my now God. Now you can be compassionate. You, you become compassionate. There you go. So you can name the you, little, you, little you, yous. Yeah, you, 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 you speak to them. You name all the little yous, but you mm -hmm. you see through the phases at all the times, not only that you've been hurt by other people, mm -hmm. but how many times you hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, that, so that, 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 that is, that's the name of the game. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. like if you look at slavery, the reason why people of certain ilk still don't trust people that look like them is because you know hundreds of years ago, all you needed to do was make the three consecutive generations believe the same thought. Mm -hmm. After three generations, it'll self-perpetuate. Yeah. 100% self-perpetuate, yeah. negative or positive. No, I All agree. it takes is three generations, Facts. right? Facts. I mean, and that's even biblical. Yeah. That's in multiple books, right? Literally, the grandfather, the father, and the son. If those three mm -hmm. can be consistent in the thing, that thing can, can run for hundreds mm -hmm. of years. Also, the youngest of that third generation can also break it. Mm -hmm. So it's real funny that last weekend in Santa Monica, we said this as a crew at the offsite. We were like, okay, cool. If we consciously are going to break the generational curses, 
the societal norms, the unhealed trauma, mm-hmm. all the blockers, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it together as a crew. Mm-hmm. Let's define what success looks like. And just to wrap up this ultimate point about this this offsite, one of the guys, I'll never forget this. It, this is going to touch me the rest of my life. He was talking about 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. This crew used to take these trips and like just go party overseas. Right? It was like a, it was a group of brothers from, from San Francisco um, that I knew of at the time. So 2016, 2017, I was the first founder in a group while they also had jobs. So I'm no income living on one of their couches. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, that's how like I got from the East Coast cool with this West Coast crew. And long story short, in that time period of 2016, 2017, you know, they're sharing these crazy Snapchats and these crazy like text yeah. message group chats. And the FOMO was building to me. I remember like dating some girl in Jersey and trying to like get her on the camera just to show the homies, like, yeah, me too. Like, right? Like, <laughs> like it's crazy. Too, crew. Bro, like it's, 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 it was it was addictive, right? Toxic. Very this very. same this same crew is that crew, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm on their couches, I'm you know, couch diving, broke as shit, starting my first company. Living on like, um, you know, somebody I'm dating at the time. She buy me the ticket off her points, and this other joint I'm messing with at the time had the hotel points, and that's how I got the room. And so that's literally how I'm traveling the country off of like chicks and homies, like mm-hmm. homie hookups. And primarily my time after Y Combinator, when we were in Silicon Valley, staying in Silicon Valley post Y Combinator is when I stayed like with this crew, multiple homies in this crew on their couches and shit. And so I was privy as a founder to my own challenges back in those days and the lifestyle they were living. And they were doing it to an extreme. They, they, you know, they would like, they would go, they would, the story that I'm giving you from the offsite is one of the brothers from that crew was like, yo, I remember on the 2016 Barcelona trip, mm-hmm. you know, it was me, he named all the homies. Most of them are sitting at the table and he's like, we're at the W on a Sunday. And if you know Barcelona, if you kick it, you know Sunday rooftop at the W, that's where all Barcelona comes out, right? Yeah. Super high end, hoity-toity. Everybody's dressed to the nines. And he's giving me a story of like, yo, the first time I ever cried with pride, that was the question I put on the table. When's the first time y'all ever really were like proud of the crew? <laughs> he says, Sunday, 2017, Barcelona W Rooftop Hotel. We were all there. He named all of them. And like at that point in time, just like Meat Mills used to say, like everybody in them pictures from 2012 ain't with me now. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys stayed close. And so he's naming the whole, all the crew members and he's simply saying, I remember French Montana was over there. So-and-so was over there. And our table was the livest table at the W. That's to the I'm point where, like, he said, French had to come over. Like, yo, who are y'all? What's going on? And, like, dude that made the comments, like, I went to the French table, smoked the hookah a little bit, took a shot, was like, ah, I'm, going back. I'm going back to my <laughs> table. My shit way more popular than yours. <laughs> and he said, for a moment, as the sun sets, He's watching his closest nine, ten homies just crush it. Everybody got two, three joints. All of them are tens plus. He said he started crying. He was like, it was tears of joy. Like, I just started crying. Like, I'm standing there. My homies are women, winning. I'm in a different country. No one's taking an L. This is the definition of W, mm-hmm. right? 2017 mentality, yeah, yeah. right? His late 20s. He soaked in the moment. Soaked in the moment. And he mm-hmm. was like, you know, and that was the first time I ever heard a man say, I cried tears of joy at something like that. Mm-hmm. For other guys. For other guys. Yeah. Very rare. Never yeah, heard a brother yeah, say that. Yeah. He said, I cried yeah. on the rooftop yeah. of the W in Barcelona. We know we know, we hold each other down, but not to that point where you I shed a touched. tear. I'll never forget that comment. And he was like, to see the homies win. Mm-hmm. And, like, and literally, like, think about that. Like, it was, it, was a, it was an adult moment. It was almost like he matured in that space. He didn't need a joint. He didn't need chicks or drinks. Mm-hmm. He, like, and that, he, mm-hmm. like, seeing his homies fulfilled from that. 
winning. And he was like, I cried to his joy. I said, okay, cool. Yeah. Fast forward, 2022. Going forward, we all here now. Most of us. Some of, some of us couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone, everyone can't come because everyone doesn't accept the level up. I said, now you're with the Tommy, the, a close, smaller set of homies who chose the level up. What do you think will make you cry tears of joy now? Like, what is the, what is that version now? And I, that was a question to the table. So, so everyone goes around and is like, look, man, one, one cat says, you know, the freedom of being able to call everyone at this table and our assistants can just clear our calendar and we can go anywhere. So if I call and like, yo, let's get lunch in Paris, within eight hours, all of us could be landing in Paris. That's what's up. And I took that as like, yo, that's powerful. You want your you want your your people to just be like to have that much wealth where you own your time entirely and you can clear your schedule. The other homie said, I want us to go, you know, all pull up again just like we do now at, you know, the best restaurant, have the back room to ourselves, have a phenomenal time, and we fight over the bill. Right, like that's that's something different. That's powerful. I mean, like those type of restaurants, mm-hmm. those back rooms, like those bills are somewhere mm-hmm. between three to thirteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. I, a couple of homies went to Salt Bay in Miami. Uh, and they're set. The bill's like like twenty two. And you know, I have friends that that have those kind of bills, and like to hear him say like, "I want us to fight for it." Like everyone throwing throwing the same card down. Yeah, everyone yeah, trying yeah, to hit yeah. the major. The waitress yeah. like, "Oh, let's take this card and pay it off." Yeah. Everyone just trying to hit somebody with a with a stack. Like he was like to me, it, because from his childhood, like. It was always it was always a nerve wracking thing to go out because it was a fight to pay the bill. Right, right. Or, right. or a parent was always trying yeah. to deduct shit. Yeah. A third homie was like, "Listen, it me to me, it's a continuation of what so and so said about being able to like go to Paris." He said, "The beautiful thing is we all have our own planes, right? And and that's a different kind of wealth when you mm-hmm. have your own plane, mm-hmm. right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's just be candid, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. those you know, those today, yeah. even in the secondary market, they go between twenty to fifty thousand, yeah, so twenty yeah, to fifty yeah. million dollars, right? Yeah, I'm okay with um, we, we all in one plane." Sure, or, or, or like, but, but, but to his point, everyone doesn't live in the same city, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, to his point, it's like no matter where That's you true. are, we you can all just jump on your jet and go, get a jet and go, yeah. right? And no, so I like that. Concept. And so his position was, yeah, his position. I mean, look, to put Wi-Fi in a PJ is mm-hmm. is, is, a, is 150 bands, right? Just to just to put Wi-Fi in a PJ, it costs 25 grand to 50 grand a month just to keep Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You can't turn it off mm-hmm. once you install it in the PJ, right? That's on top of gas and everything else. And so to me, that was touching because it was like even if you finance a plane, still take a couple mil deposit. That still has to be like discretionary. Mm-hmm. So if a couple mil deposit on a PJ is discretionary, that means you're really winning over here. So I saw what he saw. What mm-hmm. he really was saying was we have that level of wealth, mm-hmm. not just about the status of a plane, it's the access the plane gives. And um, and you know, another cat was like, Look, man, it's family for me. I want us to have a box at the Laker game where all ten of us are there with our wives and kids and like we just shooting shit up in the guy's time. And like it's our box. It's not a corporate box. We don't work for J.P. Morgan Chase or you know any of the banks or any of the firms that own boxes. He was like, just the homies have a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I said personally, my continuation is on yours, whereby because we're kind of all having kids, you know, a fifth birthday just in a ridiculous house um, on an island where we have all the houses in that area and everybody's got their pot, right? Two families to a house. House be having like five to ten bedrooms. Um, so two or three families to a house, but like we pretty much just take down a whole block in a foreign country on an island somewhere, and like that's how we celebrate our kid's birthday, where we literally just buy a small town out for a weekend, and like everybody, I mean, on some super safe shit, like mm-hmm. you know, four houses in the cul-de-sac, and we don't we don't need to track the kids because as long as they can swim, they could be on the beach and running around, um, and we just have that kind of you know, relationship, and so what they picked up from that was, well, that means the wives are connected, like we're connected. That means the kids are building like we're building. And I said, yeah. 
the undercard to that birthday celebration for me, my tears is when our kids do deals together. Oh, that's what I, right. And so like I kind of ended it like that. Mm-hmm. Like the day I could see my son or daughter do a deal with your son or daughter, mm-hmm. and kind of like come back to us, like all right, here's the structure, the deal, pop, ah ah ah. You know, this is what I'm doing. You know, Uncle Les said, or mm-hmm. Uncle Keenan said, or mm-hmm. Uncle CJ, Uncle Mike. Or you know, even Uncle... just being being part of that network to but, be able but, but that, to, and that's how it works. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. I can't wait for the day Alameen um, has a family where his kids, you know, want to continue the legacy. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah. right. Inshallah, you know, uh, I know Allah provides for him, and it's funny because Alameen is somebody who like. Kids ain't even on the top of his mind. No, no, right? no. Like, no, nowhere not, close. Not even a, 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 a wife or anything. It's right. Not, not even close. But, where I, but like, at stage I'm at, mm-hmm. I'll turn 36 next week. I got a five-year-old in a couple months. Like, I'm working on kid number two. Like, for me, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's going to change. It's definitely going to oh, change, okay. right? And I think the beauty of that is, as everyone starts to develop at their own speed, you don't have to be the exact same place. You have to just be on the exact same type of time. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening now with a lot of founders are they're finding a lot of continuity and support and vulnerability because as soon as they start to be open with other founders in their friend group, not even outside mm-hmm. the friend group, just in their friend group, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, bro, I've been dealing with that since well, X, Y, Z. The friend group. Friend group's critical. Yeah, it's critical, critical. but it's, it's critical if everybody can relate. In the founder situation, well, if everyone founders, if everyone talks, is everyone talks, yeah, got talk. and, and and I said that to 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 a friend of mine. That's like the problem is a lot of us don't communicate enough where we sh- where I may have an idea, but I may not know how to execute it. But I don't know who to talk to. But if I go to the circle and say, yeah. "Hey, this is what I'm thinking," and that sense of synergy starts oh. to develop and create I, I, that idea I'm you. I, or evolve that idea, I think it's great. But um, but I, I, I do I do want to say one thing though because sure, um, sure. I, I, so Al so I was talking to Al and this is where I think that um, you know there's a saying that said go where you are celebrated right or go where you are appreciated right there, there's a, there's there's some um, added value to that because where you can get your resources is very important because I can call certain people and. Right away, they'll pick up the phone to give me certain, you know, yeah. feedback yeah. and advice and things like that. And I knew that uh, you became that person when Al said, "Hey, man, I, I called Al. I said, listen, I, I'm thinking about something, but I don't know how to execute on this right now.'" And he said, "You know, Keenan would be a, a perfect person." I said, "Oh, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Let me call Keenan." And then I and I called you, and you picked up right away. Gave me the feedback I needed, and then that was it. I'll call me later. It's like, hey, I'm going to try to get this person, that person. I said, oh, I already spoke to Keenan. He was like, he called you right away? He responded right away? And he said, I said, yeah. He goes, well, he doesn't really respond that quickly. Not for most people, yeah. for most people. And then that's yeah. when I was like, you know what? I yeah. value Keenan because every time I call you, it's always a quick response. It's always yeah. like, hey, yeah. yeah, this is it. So I know when, you, when we're around people that we can um, – Get a sense of security, yeah, and a, a sense of uh, being valued, right? And the value could be a simple act of service. Oh yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take much, you know. And and and, and people does. think, yeah, it doesn't really it never take does. much. Yeah. But and sometimes I, I look at certain founders, and including myself in the beginning, because I was trying to overextend 
when I realized my pool was just as valuable. But we, we tend to look out, right? Mm-hmm, and I said this mm-hmm, a lot of time. Mm-hmm, we tend mm-hmm, to look mm-hmm, out to these, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. these, these high over, you know, valued so. But we look at these broader than life entrepreneurs when the people around us yeah. are very successful in the thing that they're doing. Yeah. And they will provide that feedback. And it's, they're right in your backyard, right? So go where you can be celebrated. Go where you can get the value that you needed where the person's going to pick up the call and just give you a quick response. And my only attachment to that is go where you can be challenged, right? I think Absolutely. to conclude this conversation, the best way for founders to go through growth to develop that self-love, self-awareness mm-hmm. is to accept that being challenged is the way you answer the question because you have to be asked, mm-hmm. right? If you're in a space where no one's challenging you and asking the questions, you're never going to be prepared for the market or the world. The market is going to eat you alive 10 times out of 10 because it's entirely predicated on only strong survive. Right. So if you can't see that this entire game of building success is about maneuvering and like taking a lump here, okay, cool, I got that lump, I know where to mm-hmm. go now, and you think it's gonna be the straight line, you're gonna fail. Right. And so for, for, for me, the resounding message, hopefully this conversation, you know, because it's dedicated to founder development, healing from trauma, mm-hmm. unpacking it, um, the most important thing I wanna say is, you, this has to be a lifestyle. Right? This isn't this isn't just a one-off thing. So uh, shout out to Leslie Touche, who gave me one of the best books ever, is How to Do the Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the author's name, um, but I should know it because she's phenomenal. He just gave me her follow-up book. How to Do the Work is a tutorial on unpacking with self, for self, the trauma, the defining it, you know, connecting it the dots to now, recognizing true source mm-hmm. of it, and then dealing with it in a healthy way. Not anti the bad parts yeah, yeah, yeah. or anti the hurt parts yeah. or negative self talk, yeah. but actually loving all of it because it all served a purpose. It's what got you here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I just, I'm not giving any names. I'm just saying things that, that should be taken consi- seriously considered. This lifestyle requires you constantly reading about healing, practicing healing, mm-hmm. recognizing um, that every day is an opportunity to showcase growth. Mm-hmm. You need therapy mm-hmm. right? and therapy on the couple side individually. Mm-hmm. And I think number five is operating out of love is a healthy lifestyle choice. So operating out of love requires you to do healthy things. Right. And everyone knows what's been unhealthy for them. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like yeah. everyone. And so we I know think, we know what we, we're supposed to do. You know, we know what we're supposed to do. And I think as soon as you decide to like really, really, really love, it makes it easier to do the healthy thing. Yeah. So lead with love. Yeah, everybody. lead with love. I like that. Um, the name of the book is Nicole. What is it? La Para. La Para. Yeah. Author. 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 Sorry. The, the author. author. The author is Nicole La Para. Um, uh, I do want to add. She's incredible. Yeah, I do want to add two more books. I think sure, it's sure. valuable for healing. And one of them is called The Emotional Code. Um, I To me, that had a, a huge impact on um, getting rid of the trauma in the body. And the other thing is called The Body Keeps Scores. And your body you, records you, absolutely everything. Every you carry it. It's physical. Thing. Healing will every make you lose thing. weight. Oh, come on, Healing man. Healing not only make you lose weight. My homie stands up straight. Cure, cures a lot of the issues what? that you, you like, oh. um, you know, if you have some like shoulder pains or high back blood pain, pressure, high blood pressure. And it's oh. normally from something that your body recorded from yep. years of trauma yep. and it's been stored there in the DNA. and then you have to figure out a way it's to take it out so the book is called the body keeps score and the other one is called the emotion code and they both had a significant impact on me 
where it, it the the transition between my understand my level of understanding then is like to my level of understanding now you have to lead with love but be in only way to lead with love you have to heal yourself because you have to find what what is that thing that's been trapped inside that's been setting you back mm -hmm. and when you start to do the work like you said it's like this um there's two things that happens one is the, the early the early stage of doing the work it is a lot of work and it becomes success uh, is a lot of yeah, work yeah and and, and 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 then it's some terrifying go. moments too because you got to face yourself oh, you're facing fears all yeah. day long. that's all it is and then the other side of it is the release part when you start to feel the release I of like grown, i might have grown an inch i yeah. started going through therapy for a year i might have grown an inch I'm, I'm pretty sure you did yeah but but keenan I guess we know what we're going to talk about for the third part. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's got to be. We went to the founders, went to the founder healing, yeah, and then we got to talk about for the investors. Now we're going to do the investors part. So that's going to be part three. I think, I know we were going to figure it out somehow. Yeah. Um, so this has been um, great. Always, Keenan, thank you so much. And then we're going to continue. Please um, go to his site. Uh, Rentrezzy.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-Z-I, to get your apartment. We're in 14 cities, about to be in 20 cities, uh, rentresi.com. Yes, sir. And don't forget to come see us at uh, Instagram, YouTube, all the other social media panels. We are there. What's the name? It, it starts now. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Thank is everything at It Starts Now, by the way? Twitter, Instagram, everything? Everything is oh, at It Starts Now. Yeah, just come show us some love. The thing about Shane is not to say that he is a shady person because he's really not a shady person at all. He is one of the like the most sincere guys that I know. He so is most of, yeah, most of the uh, caring, smart individual. But to give context is that we were describing individuals. We were describing personalities. Mm -hmm. And we were describing how people view things, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we started having that discussion, it was more so to say that maybe as a third person, but I used you, but it's really they, third person, you, to say that, hey, you know, maybe that person is looking at it from a lens of being shady, you know, or they looking at it because they did so many wrong things that they view other people in the wrong way mm -hmm. or it could be the trauma and the healing that they had to go through and the trust factor all right so that that's one thing and shout out to akbar cook he's always preaching lead with love and i think that's very important and this kind of ties into the things that we've been we've been saying throughout the whole thing about healing love and as a founder you need a combination of all these things all right <laughs> I said, I said, make healthy decisions. Why you put the drink down? <laughs> <laughs> Subconsciously, it's like we know what we, we know, know what we're supposed to be doing. That yak. <laughs>